Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast, your one-stop shop for Boink, Boink news, science news, and fun things to talk about, because hey, it's Friday. You're here on the Boink Network Discord server at 4 p.m. EST, although it is 4.30 now because we just recorded another episode of Delta's Project Briefs, uh, which are hosted on the same website as this one, so check it out if you can. And Delta is this lovely man in the on the other side of the Discord internet's here hosting with me. Say hello. I really like tea. <laughs> what are you drinking this week? Is uh, it Valentine's tea? I bet you it's rose petal tea with uh, a little chamomile and I don't know cinnamon. Not exactly. <laughs> it's Dang. actually a bit. It's actually a bit inappropriate given the time um, that it is in Australia because it's early morning here. I'm drinking Australian afternoon tea. <laughs> How? Do, what? What is an afternoon it tea? It tastes is pretty it, good. How do you see it? Has the the right, it has the right amount of bitterness and the right amount of richness in it to constitute <laughs> for a nice, relaxing afternoon tea. Uh, but it's also relaxing for the morning because I like to be relaxed in the morning. I'm not I'm not an early bird. I'm more or less a night owl. So <laughs> waking up for this is a little bit hard. That's why I have my relaxing afternoon tea. Huh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into this tea. Also, also I'm, I'm a bit angry. Other... I'm a bit angry because I've run out of my really good honey, so I have to use the store-bought honey. Your honey with bee bits in it? Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, well, as we get going here, <laughs> moving forward, I don't have tea, as usual, so whatever. Uh, uh, everyone is welcome to join the discussion. Everyone here in the chat, feel free to type in the text or jump in with your mic, and we'll let you talk. Otherwise, uh, what do we got? I guess we'll just get going. Is it time for that intro? All right, so this week, uh, we've got a couple things to talk about, including a super special, super secret Valentine's Day Boink project that just seems like it was built for Valentine's Day, but that will come a little bit later, so stay tuned. First, Delta, I feel like last week, we gave viruses a really, really bad name because of this novel coronavirus, now called COVID-19. So I want to clear the air and talk about viruses in in a kind of brighter light, in a more positive light. Does that sound okay with you? I think that's fine. You're going to have to convince me, though. (laughs) Oh, easy, easy. First recap of the um, coronavirus that is going around. Again, COVID-19 is the fancy name they gave it, finally. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's still going around. (laughs) The numbers keep jumping. The stats are still going up. A lot of it still has to do with just our uncertainty around it. We still don't know any of this stuff, like uh, what's the incubation period? Is it uh, Can it be transmitted when you don't have symptoms, asymptomatic transmission? Uh, but the numbers are still increasing exponentially, sort of. They slowed off a little bit, but then it turns out there was a huge gap in the, the um, reporting, so they jumped up again over the past couple of days. Uh, but uh, it is I, still... Uh... <laughs> Go ahead. I heard in my um, news um, over here in Australia that apparently Chinese restaurants were slightly getting less business, but I rang into my Chinese restaurant the other night because I wanted some Chinese food, and they told me to wait 40 minutes for my food. What? They were packed. They had so many customers. Well, that goes uh, goes to show you what anecdotal um, science will get you. <laughs> also... <laughs> <laughs> to clear the air on this, the coronavirus is still not as bad as the flu. The flu is terrible. Uh, maybe it will turn worse than the flu, but let's just keep keep everything in context here. So everything you on a personal level would do to stop yourself from getting the flu, that's all you need to do to not get the coronavirus or just help protect yourself against it. Uh, and yeah, 
still be more scared about the flu. Now, that's the bad things that viruses can do. Delta, you talked about how they're pathogenetic uh, last episode and how they go in and destroy the flu or destroy cells and they're not even living things and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? What? (laughs) I would argue that viruses are incredibly important. There are a lot of theories out there. Well, let's go this way. Basically, the way you described how they're pathogenetic is they go into a cell and they inject their own RNA into it, altering the cell, right? Yep. So that has some very interesting side effects, uh, one of which is evolution. So they can take genetic material from object A and implant it into object B. And there's a lot of theories out there that say that's actually how a lot of a lot of evolutions, particularly in humans, occurred, where um, or humans, mammals, what have you, along that sort of where that uh, branch started to diverge from the evolutionary tree. Uh, as viruses would take this genetic material and just transition it, transfer it between two completely different species. And, you know, the uh, the beneficial material would end up being passed on. Uh, well, all the material would be passed on and those who benefited from it would survive and reproduce more than those who did not. So these viruses aren't all bad. In fact, they may be the reason we're here. What have you to say about that, good sir? I think... Um, eh, I mean, historically, yeah, but are we able to use them for something nowadays? Well, evolution is still going on. Uh, and it's like climate and weather, right? The project brief was just on CPDN and the difference between climate and weather. In the weather system, viruses might be seen as bad. But in the uh, climate system of evolution, viruses might have a very, very vital role to play. And the fact of the matter is we still don't fully understand viruses. They are everywhere. I think they're, they're one of the most populous sort of like lifelike things, if not living things in the world. Uh, and they're just everywhere and we don't get it. So there are scientists now advocating for instead of just studying viruses when there's a virus that causes disease, we should be studying viruses sort of proactively instead of reactively and saying, look, let's go out there and do some foundational science and find viruses that are really weird and figure out what makes them tick because we can use probably use viruses for some pretty cool medical stuff uh, because of the way they operate. And then um, yeah. make sure we don't drop the vials of the virus inside the laboratory and cause an outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, yeah, that's a scary thing, uh, dealing with this medical stuff, these contagious diseases. And then, you know, there are people, I'm sure there are rational actors and there are irrational actors. And some people want to make uh, the most potent and deadly form of any virus they find. And just to, just for the sake of getting, like, how deadly can we get with this thing, right? And then I, I'm sure the vast majority of scientists are like, let's, you know, let's go a little further and see what we can do. But well, let's I'm do seeing, it in a um, facility. But I'm seeing a little bit of a parallel with uh, nuclear science in this. You can get so much good stuff out of nuclear science, but you can also get so much bad stuff out of nuclear science. I think that is a very good comparison, but I also think we have done so much more research into splitting the atom than we have into viruses. Because really, all we, the only time we study viruses on a foundational level is when there's a novel coronavirus, when there's SARS, when there's MERS. And if we had proactive science looking into viruses, kind of like what Microbiome Project is doing uh, with bacteria and the microbiome, they're just like, <laughs> what's this stuff in the gut? Let's figure it out so we can figure out how, what to do with it later. And maybe we'll be able to cure these diseases that have to do with the gut. It's kind of similar. I, I think we should be doing the similar thing with uh, viruses. And a lot of other people think the same. Where it's like, all right, what are these viruses doing down in like Antarctica where it was just 70 degrees? 
uh, what are these viruses <laughs> doing all over the world and how do they function? There's, they just discovered this new type of virus that doesn't look like anything we've ever seen before. Like it, the genetic material is different, which is really fascinating. So like, let's look into that and see what we can do with it. Uh, I also think I remember hearing a news article either hypothesizing or, or of a scientist hypothesizing, or maybe they actually have like a working prototype of where viruses can be used to target, for example, cancer cells or something like that. Yeah, it's the way they work. They go and they uh, they find the cell they want to find, depending on how they're coded, and uh, do stuff to it. And as you talk, <laughs> usually they, they'll inject their own RNA, replicate, and blow the thing up. But yeah, if we can learn to control that mechanism, oh, the things we could do. It's kind of like when we learn to control uh, uh, proteins, Cas9, and all of a sudden we can go in and edit proteins or edit genes. That's really cool. I think I'd prefer mini nanobots, remote controlled nanobots going in and destroying everything. <laughs> that way we can actually see what they're doing. <laughs> That's that's fair, but maybe we can build the uh, the nanobots based on what we learned from viruses. But there is more about yeah, viruses. Yeah. Is, I'm just now arguing for the sake of arguing because I would much rather have <laughs> a nanites than a virus. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Being. Uh, just a moment, and I have more good stuff on. Bike. Was it the World Community thing that you posted earlier? Because uh, technically, that is a virus. <laughs> that is virus related. I'll talk about that in a sec. It is. It's not only that viruses can help, you know, transfer genetic material or maybe uh, give a little speed boost to evolution. They can also be just straight up beneficial. So uh, there are some viruses that help bacteria perform certain tasks better when they're in the the bacteria and they don't always kill the bacteria so it's it's a symbiotic relationship in some sort of way and it's this uh this is being researched in this uh new field of study called viral ecology uh i wonder where if they have a university course for that <laughs> viral ecology it's an entire university it's a university of virus the That's... university of virus <laughs> I love oh, it's that. run by Osmosis. Was it Osmosis Joe or Osmosis Jim? Oh, what a good movie! Do you remember? That? I I Does do not know that. that <laughs> it sounds sounds old to me, so I'm I, I'm not that old, so I don't know if I watched oh, it. Oh, it's really old. It was really good. It was about this blue virus, I think it was, and his buddy that just get inside of a body, and it was famous actors and everything. Oh, leave a comment in the below if you know anything about this movie, because I'm gonna watch it again. Thank you. I'll have to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but virus ecology is basically, uh, like I said, doing it's what I was describing about the microbiome project, except for viruses. So it's trying to figure out how these viruses interact with each other, uh, how they interact with other uh, types of life, uh, how they uh, E. coli in particular. There's these things called veggies, and they uh, sort of take on E. coli, uh, destroying the E. coli bacterium. So that's a useful thing for viruses. So while they're always in the news as this bad thing going around, you don't want to catch this virus. Keep in mind that we know very, very, very little about viruses in general. Uh, and we just know the scary stuff about them because it's scary. You know, this coronavirus is moving around and it's killing people. Mm -hmm. um, Under the microscope, they look pretty scary too. They got like spikes on them and stuff. Maybe that's just a projection of the media presence of viruses, you know? <laughs> Man, <laughs> I think they're cute. Well, I'm glad you think they're cute. <laughs> you think they're cute too. Phages, microphages. Uh, and uh, bacteriophages too. <laughs> uh, okay, there's more than just one phage. <laughs> they're, they're creepy, but a good type of creepy. Oh man, I'm still picturing that protein just walking. But we won't get back into that. You'll have to listen to the last episode if you want to know what we're talking about. 
So walking proteins. <laughs> so, uh, oh, I know what I'm going to be for uh, Protein Fashion Week now. Oh my goodness, genius! Oh, All right. yeah, the walking protein, Jay Ringo, <laughs> the, the walking, walking protein. protein. Uh, <laughs> but really, that's all I wanted to bring up. There are good sides and bad sides to most everything in the world, including viruses. So let's not go around uh, any of you brilliant young people who are like, "I'm going to get into science," and let's not go around and kill all the mosquitoes. Let's not go around and kill all the viruses. Let's figure out a way to harness the good and mitigate the bad as best as we can. Uh, yeah. That's my pitch for viruses, man. Yeah, I think there's a pretty good um, future for virology in terms of um, figuring stuff out. Because if someone can make that wonder, wonder drug or wonder solution, or even as you're saying, use it for use it for good and targeted treatments, gene therapies, and stuff like that, um, you can you can solve a whole lot of different things. Amen. And you can participate in viral research. I can't say that without thinking like research that has gone viral. There's marketing in there somewhere. <laughs> we got to make it viral. We're here to make it viral. <laughs> we can make this virus research viral. Oh, this is great. Um, but, yeah. I guess you can say that we're contagious. Oh, my God. <laughs> as, as we're trying to say here, you can participate in research on viruses that may or may not one day go viral. By uh, working on some Boink projects. There are some here that just came out with uh, some pretty cool news coming from World Community Grid, which is that giant umbrella project hosted by IBM that does a lot of really cool research and also puts their news in a really palatable format. So any other Boink projects that are like, hey, these guys keep talking about World Community Grid and they never talk about our projects. Um, it's really easy to talk about World Community Grid news because they write it out and it is, it, they make it accessible. So. If you did similar stuff like that, or if you just reach out to us directly saying, hey, we just discovered this thing, we will more than happily talk about your project. Uh, but yeah, so World Community Grid has a project uh, called Fight AIDS at Home, and they just uh, got together at this place called the Hive Center. Hive stands for HIV Interactions and uh, Viral Evolution Center. I guess it's a place. Uh, it's a meeting. <laughs> and these folks from the World Community Grid project went there, and basically... They just went there to talk about HIV and how it infects human cells, how the uh, virus functions during its life cycle. Um, and they're trying to do foundational research on the HIV. Uh, HIV virus? Or is the V an HIV virus? Yeah, human immunodefense virus. Yeah. Or human immunodeficiency so virus, HIV. I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, right. Jeringa, if you read closely, I think it says somewhere in there that the center is actually at the, at the virus university. No. <laughs> Where did it? Where? Keep looking. <laughs> we'll end. We'll end the boink radio with just silence from Jay Ringo trying to find the virus university. I'm just gonna control that fire. You lie. <laughs> That's why we need to make the virus university. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> son of a. So basically, yeah. So they're trying to figure out how the virus evolves, and uh, they're doing the foundational research on that, so that with that knowledge, they can go and design some drugs to find a cure or suppress the virus in the human host. So that is one project if you are interested in viruses that you can work on through World Community Grid. Again, it's fight AIDS at home. Uh, and the other one I was going to talk about is not a virus project. I made a mistake, so my bad. But the news coming out of it is called Mapping Cancer Markers. Uh, that's the project. Again, we're run from World Community Grid. And this is a project that is designed to identify the markers associated with various types of cancers. Uh, when you refine that process, uh, you can essentially tackle cancer 
better. You can diagnose it earlier. Uh, you can make personalized uh, treatments. Uh, and you can, that's basically it. Just be better at cancer. It is more foundational research, which is very important research. Yeah, it's targeted treatment, so it's a lot more better for specific cases because everyone's cancer is different in one way or another, even in the genes of the cancer itself. So having uh, the ability to use the markers of the cancer to figure out what the best treatment is is a really good thing to do. Absolutely. And you can contribute to both these projects. Just go to worldcommunitygrid.org to help out. No spaces. No spaces. Of course no spaces. What kind of (laughs) websites do you go to? I mean, it'll probably still pop up if you do it with spaces. <laughs> so speaking about making things easier, Jay Ringo, um, talking about globally observed teleconnections and their role in, rep- role in representation hierarchies of atmospheric models, a.k.a. Gotham, <laughs> which is a reference to my project brief, I think making it simpler is a very, very good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so true. We're here to help for anyone who might not have the resources. We're free folks who will help make things simpler for you. And we encourage scientists to make it simpler so that we can talk about it and everyone else can talk about it. Amen. Amen. But hey, it's time to move on to some Valentine's, to to divulge that super secret Valentine's Day blank project. But first, Delta, I've got that question that's just... It's, it's just an itch that needs to be scratched here. Do you know what the question is? I think, judging by the picture you posted on Twitter, I think I know what it is. No, no, different question. Not the Boink Project. Oh, it's, okay. Do, the question is, do you know who helps sponsor this show and gets us, helps us sponsor the, uh, the, the banners and the music and the artwork and keeps us going? I think I heard their name somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere out there. I, th- it, I think it starts I with an L. Labrie. Library. <laughs> <laughs> all right they're afraid of vowels in the names but they say it when you say it library and it's library.science a specific community which is this group of folks helping curate and uh you know do this sort of communication stuff with science uh they help us post this episode and all the past episodes up on the library platform which is a decentralized media hosting uh platform you can put videos images documents whatever up on there uh, it's a really cool thing being developed, and you can visit it at library.tv. You can learn more at library.com. You, there's a whole bunch of websites. Those are the two main ones. Dive in there, and you'll find out where to go. Uh, you can also yeah, send Jay Ringo flowers on library as well. <laughs> you can? That must have come out with a new update. <laughs> well, there should be a way to do it. Oh, By the way, you should send Jay Ringo some flowers for Valentine's Day, all of you. <laughs> Please do. You can send them to me on library at J Ringo. Uh, but yeah, huge shout out to them for helping support the show. Check them out. Library.tv, library.com. Uh, now let's move on to some Valentine's Day stuff. Delta, I did get you something for Valentine. Oh, how sweet. What did you get? I got you the number 220. Oh, uh-huh. that's a pretty even number. Yeah. I think it may have something to do also with the number 284. Oh, is that the number you got me for my Valentine's Day gift? Yep. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Why did we get these numbers for each other? Because they're amicable. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) It means that the factors of one of them sums up to the other number and vice versa. Okay, so yeah, I'll give a better <laughs> example of that. So if you take the factors of 220, you get 1, 2, 4, 5, 10, 11, 
20, 22, 44, 55, and 110. So those are all the numbers that can divide 220 and results in an integer. Now, if you uh, add all those up, you get the number 284. Now, if you take the factors number of 284, get. yeah, if you take the, two, <laughs> the, the, number, the factors of 284, you get 1, 2, 4, 71, and 142. Now, all of those numbers add up to 220. And so that's why those numbers are amicable and why it makes a brilliant Valentine's present for you and your partner. It's great. This is, uh, the picture I shared is of a locket or like a, a, a necklace, I suppose. And you get one num one of those numbers on each side and you split it in half and you each take a number. It's so romantic. <laughs> it's like and a puzzle a piece book. and it's like so cute because it means they interlock and they're linked. <laughs> And there's so many of these pairs. Uh, and I think there is a Boink project doing work on these numbers, yes? Yeah, am amicable numbers. Not at home, just amicable numbers. <laughs> is that the only not at home project out there? I guess SETI. No, there's a couple. Or well, climateprediction.net as well. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Huh. What are they doing with the amicable numbers? Uh, well, as far as I know, they're only doing it just for fun. Like, I mean, this project was um, made out of pretty much a closet. They just stuck a laptop in a closet for the Boink server, and they pressed so they're finding amicable numbers. Uh, but really, there is no real use, as we know it today, of amicable numbers, just like with prime numbers. Uh, we, we're gathering as many as we can, and then maybe in the future, if we find some way to use it, we'll use it. That's perfect. Another example, two examples here, one of foundational research and, you know, we're just doing math work, finding amicable numbers pairs. So that's what your computer does when you work on this project. Uh, and then an example of how anyone can set up a Boink project. All you need is a mid-tier laptop to host a server on and a distributed computing application. And this application is a very simple math application that just throws numbers out to folks. And I imagine when you get the work unit, you factorize it, add those numbers up, and try and find another pair, a matching number. Uh, and they're just really, really, really big numbers. So it's not stuff that you can easily do with a pen and paper. And probably not numbers that you can put on two little puzzle pieces that connect in a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> that but would yeah, be great. The, the best use for this is pretty much a Valentine's present, which is why I'm bringing it up today. <laughs> it's beautiful. So go, go and text your partner and just send them the number 220. And just hope they're uh, as into amicable numbers as you are, like Delta is, and they come back for 284, because we did not prime that too well. Or you can go and copy and paste one of their huge numbers from their database and then send that to your partner. But, I mean, up to you. If you really want to commit, tattoo one of the very, very big numbers, like in a paragraph form on your entire forearm. And then say, look, if you love me, you do the same with this amicable number pair on your forearm. And just I think that's too much of a commitment for me, Jay Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're going to opt for that instead of a wedding ring whenever that happens. So yeah. keep an eye out. <laughs> oh, Lantha says here in the chat that another project that doesn't have an at home is TN Grid. Yes, yes, you are correct. Um, cool. And anything, anything else on amicable numbers? Because uh, we are running out of time, so we were going to talk about um, Boink on like on the web, running Boink in a web browser. But that is such a big project. We want to save or a big topic. We want to save that for another episode. We'll we'll have some examples maybe and some some more research involved, more time to talk about it. Definitely. So, any other thoughts on amicable numbers? 
Um, not really. I think it's just a nice little niche project. It's just like Prime Grid where uh, you get bragging rights to what you discover. So it's it's a great project for that sort of stuff. If you're, if you're keen on uh, crunching numbers so that you can say that, hey, I crunched that number. That's, that's the project for you. <laughs> crunched it so good. Uh, you can't find amicable numbers. Might even become famous. (laughs) Hey, you know, with these, uh, I always like to use Latin squares for an example of a math math project that seemed kind of useless, and then we ended up using it. Uh, What is the research? You talked about it in a project brief way back when that uh, just decided to use Latin Latin, uh, Latin squares in their research. Uh, yeah. It was from um, the, the live thing you went to. If uh, Jim was here, I think he could also chip in as well. But um, essentially what they are used for in science is randomizing tests. So the key thing about Latin squares is it's a different combination each time and both ways. So in two dimensions, it's it's different combinations. And so scientists use that to make sure that a test is totally random and to reduce any bias or any repeating bias from, say, a user who repeats, uh, sorry, uh, what do we call them? Do we call them, I don't want to call them lab rats. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just for a person who does, who completes the test multiple times, you can use a Latin square to jumble it so that they can't gain a proficiency at repeating the same task, which is what humans are surprisingly good at. Awesome. But yeah, that's, I think, that's the um, an- another good example also is, um, I forget which project does this, but one of them computes what's called golem rulers. And uh, what a golem ruler is, it's basically a set of numbers which have the spacing between them completely different. So um, I don't know an example up right now, but yeah, the spacing between the numbers are always different and the numbers are always different too. And what these are used for is positioning radio telescopes. So making sure that radio telescopes can um, prevent interference between each other by spacing them at different distances. Cool. We're going to have to also have an episode on uh, just math projects and some of the cool stuff that go into more details on that because that is just fascinating stuff. I think we could make like a meta project brief (laughs) for like all the math (laughs) projects. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. But you can, uh, to start wrapping up here, you can crunch amicable numbers at sech.me slash boink slash amicable. Or, you know, just go to that really, really useful uh, site, boink.berkeley.edu slash projects.php. And that will get you to all the projects, and you just find the amicable numbers one there and go to the website from there. Uh, oh, Lanta adds that there's also World Community Grid and GPU Grid, who are not at-home projects. You know what? I just, I was just wrong there. It's very, very, very wrong. <laughs> and to be clear, there's no issue with it not having at-home. It's just naming choices. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't feel at home. Well, I love those projects. I just don't feel at home on them. You know, I can... <laughs> oh, geez. On that note, we will wrap up here. Uh, check out Delta's project brief on climateprediction.net. Uh, it will be uploaded relative, pretty close to when this one is uploaded. Um, and otherwise, we will see you here next week, Friday, February 21st, 4 p.m. EST on the Boink Network Discord server. Have a great week, everyone, and happy Valentine's Day. And have a good tea. <laughs> it's there. Hey, it's not playing. Oh my god, I can't. Where's Numlock? <laughs> it's, <on the> <laughs> it's not working. It seems to be it's the most convoluted soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Still learning.